Hello, this is Aaron Campbell. I'm a region manager in the Urology and Pelvic Health Division here at Boston Scientific. And today I'm going to be leading a conversation around a topic that's gotten a lot of interest lately, um, just because there's been so much change and so much shifting within the markets and within really the med device space over the last year. And that, that topic that we're going to be uh, discussing is personal development. And, you know, there's a big need for us to be able to keep pace with the changes that are happening around us. And as you look at the BPH space in particular, there's a lot of changes that happen from year to year. When you look at all the different technologies that are available and the new technologies that are available and unforeseen challenges and opportunities that are popping up, the way data, different data sets are dripping out um, throughout the year on different BPH technologies. And then we see new clinical trends, whether it be MITs or, or new technologies that doctors might be interested in. And then finally, you know, the way our customers and patients' needs are changing, you add all of that up and there's just a dramatic amount of change that happens year to year. And so the answer to really meet this challenge is obvious. I mean, we need to evolve, we need to grow to find new ways to raise our game in order to capitalize on these opportunities in our markets. And so considering this onslaught of, of market shifts over the past year, there's just been a lot of interest to highlight from our sales team, you know, and put a spotlight on what's working when it comes to career development. And so today we've brought together three territory managers that have done a, a great job at that. They've been consistent, high imp impact performers year after year. And to, so today I'm joined by Rick Rankins, Ashley Rollick, and Matt Alagi. And to give you a little background on, on Rick, Ashley, and Matt, I um, wanted to give you some, just a little color into where they've come from, and you might relate to part of that. So Rick, he started out his career in B2B sales and then spent a few years in pharma and really has spent over the last decade in med device, doing everything from orthopedics to peripheral vascular um, technologies to even neuromodulation. Well, he came to Boston Scientific three or four years ago as a territory manager and urology consultant within the BPH space. And um, since then, he's just coming off a P-Club year. He's been the category leader in both capital and in green light. So he's been able to accomplish a lot in the short amount of time that he's been here. Ashley, she actually started out in pharma sales and she joined Boston Scientific after a few years in an FSA role and after a couple of years, was actually promoted into a territory manager role. And since then, she's actually had a, a fantastic career already with a rookie of the year, a TM of the year, um, has been promoted to a field sales trainer. So she's clearly had a big impact and, and done a lot of developing along the way. And then Matt Alagi had a similar start to his career. He started in pharma. And um, similar to Ashley, he was hired on as a BPH FSA and then promoted in 2019 to a full territory manager within the BPH space. And then just recently this year, in fact, maybe a, a month ago, took on a new role and promotion as a manager on our value team. So I want to welcome the three of you um, on here today. Like, I think Rick, we'll start with you. I mean, you've, you know, you've done a lot of different roles within the med device space. Um, clearly, you've, you've done your job well here. Um, at Boston Scientific, how has development played into your ability to be successful year after year? 
Yeah, you know, I would say really it's been a, a big focus of mine. And for me, it's really been the primary force behind a lot of my success. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm naturally good at sales or my personality isn't kind of that as someone you typically say like, Hey, you're a, you know, a perfect fit for sales, but you know, I was too ADD to sit at a desk all day. And so I kind of love the psychology of sales and, and so dove into it. And so it's something that I've just enjoyed, you know, kind of the, the yeah. process and, and really have just continued to try to work at it. Um, and, and I think as you, you kind of mentioned, my career path a little bit has been, you know, kind of given an opportunity in orthopedics and, and kind of figured out that kind of OR sales piece of it. But at the time, much of what I was doing is you're just kind of like steamrolling your way to the physician and, you know, selling the physician clinically to utilize your product or for them to give you a call. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the extent of it. And so I saw the, the space, you know, start to evolve and go towards more, you know, kind of contracts and, and seeing hospitals and administrators and GPOs emerge. Yep. And, and so that was just an area that I identified as like, Hey, that's an area that, you know, is a weakness. And, you know, I don't have a lot of experience in that area. And, and, you know, that's kind of where the industry is going. And, and so I need to really understand that better. And so, you know, that's where I kind of, you know, sought out a role where, you know, you know, I could get more involved that kind of, you know, has a mix of, you know, the physician cell, but also is going to get me more involved with GPOs and supply chain. And, um, you know, it, I really just kind of sought out opportunities and working with, you know, our national accounts people to, you know, hey, can I come to this meeting and, and can I get involved in these conversations and can I understand, you know, what is the strategy? What do these contract negotiations kind of look like at the hospital level, at the GPO level, you know, so I can make sure that kind of I'm aligned in terms of my day to day activities and, and what I'm doing, kind of driving products with the physician. And so, you know, I guess for me, I've always just looked for kind of opportunities or voids in my experience and, you know, just, you know, tried to look for opportunities to, you know, get more experience yeah. um, and just gain more insight. Um, you know, you, you know, I kind of reached a point in my career, you know, early on, you feel like, hey, if I just hustle hard enough, I can kind of out outwork a lot yeah. of my peers and then you get into the med device space and it's like okay that's what everybody <laughs> did and now <laughs> how, you know now how do you separate yourself and you know earlier on there was kind of a time where i maybe got comfortable and got complacent yep. um but it was also a time where from just a professional fulfillment standpoint i was just the least satisfied it was just like you know i'm miserable and so it was when I kind of, you know, made that decision to like, Hey, I'm going to, I need to really own this. Uh, I need to take ownership. Um, you know, at, at some point, any job, once you kind of figure out the nuances of that job, um, you know, it's, it starts to become second nature. And so, okay, now from that point, you know, how do I excel or how do I get better? Where, you know, where am I yeah. weak? Um, and really just starting to try to make goals and, um, and kind of in developing those areas. So for me, a lot of it was just, you know, having big geographies trying to, you know, how do I, 
how do I leverage my downtime or windshield time? And I started, you know, listening to a lot of books and, and podcasts and, um, you know, really just focus on it and, you know, kind of have a mindset of, you know, if you, if you wait until you get the job to start developing those skills, it's yeah. too late. And so just trying to, you know, incrementally, like whether it's every day or every quarter, like, Hey, I just want to get 1% better yeah. at this. Um, yeah. You and, know, that's a, those are, slowly. Evolve. Yeah. Those are great insights. I mean, you, you, you um, put out a lot there. I think one thing I'll comment on is that that plateau that you hit around year two, or, you know, you've done the job for 18 months and you kind of, you find your, you hit your stride. And I think that you, you mentioned that it's easy to become complacent at a certain point where you feel like you've got the job down and, you know, it's very common for that to happen. And then to kind of sit back, potentially there's a risk in doing that because while you're doing that, like everything else is changing around you, you know, and, um, and to your point, there usually are additional skill sets or opportunities that you can go after that make you incrementally better. And sometimes it's those incremental wins that actually make the big difference in your career. You know, that might be the difference maker between landing a big opportunity or not. So I appreciate that you, you know, if, if you know, you, you can continue to look for different ways that you can grow year after year. Um, you know, Ashley, I know that this is, I'll bring you into the conversation and ask you, we know that, you know, development just doesn't happen by accident. And we see that high performing TMs actually carve out time or if they find different people or different ways to hold themselves accountable towards the development goal. Um, what have you done that's worked well for you? Yeah, so I wanted to comment real quick on something that Rick had said, and you bet. it's really about doing the job that you want next in your current job. So you don't want to wake up and say, you know, I want to be a leader here and, and a year has gone by and you haven't taken any leadership opportunities. So talking a little bit about, you know, high performing TMs, I typically think that they're high performing because they're actually seeking opportunities to ultimately develop their gaps, right? So whether that's becoming better in marketing and, and taking that stretch assignment, or you want to ultimately be a field sales trainer, what does it look like to, you know, network with the training department and, and set yourself up? And, you know, I believe that there is a level of accountability that comes with development. Um, you know, you have to be deliberate. And I think, Ultimately, you have to hold yourself accountable before anybody else will hold you accountable. Yeah. We, you know, work with, for, with so many great people and our leaders are all about development and they're supportive. So if you start voicing the areas, you know, that development's important, all of a sudden these opportunities start to present themselves. But ultimately, you know, you have to hold yourself accountable. So yeah. for me, that's something where I actually have a one-on-one -on -one with someone in leadership every month. And it's actually somebody different where, you know, I put on a 30 minute call to talk about my, my goals here. And so again, it goes back to really being deliberate and focused um, to hold yourself accountable. That's great. Yeah, no, I think that's a, those are, uh, that's a great best practice. Well, Matt, I'm going to um, transition over to you. You know, there's sometimes uh, we may experience some hardships and, it, and that could be, you know, in the form of a really bad year, you know, maybe a personal circumstance or 
maybe a really, we were part of a really big market shift, but it led you to rethink your current situation and recommit to evolve or focus your development in a new area. Has, has that happened to you? And maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I can all honestly think of, of so many of these points uh, in my career that were just really challenging, but Specifically for me, I, I think it all started when I when I joined Boston Scientific. Um, at the time, it was 2018, and we had just acquired Nextera. And uh, when I was hired, I was an FSA in Phoenix, and um, you know, I, I I I was leaving a company that I had grown to love. I had a lot of opportunities to go up, but I I felt that I wanted something more, and I and I in a way felt like I was taking a leap. And so um, I was excited to join Boston, but I was, I was really scared. I, I did not know if I was going to be able to, to be in cases and stay calm yeah. and collected. And, uh, you know, and, and then I joined Boston and I think I'm going to sell Greenlight. And then a month later they say, well, actually you're going to sell a brand new product called Resume and we're going to do it while the patient's awake. And then uh, on top, <laughs> on top of that, um, you know, you're going to, report to two TMs in Phoenix and actually a new one in Vegas. And also there's this other person with the old company called Urology Consult and you report to them. And on top of that, you need to work with this other FSA that's been there. And so I'm just like, holy cow, like, how, yeah. you know, <laughs> just, just saying that out loud, you know, you know, makes you feel stressed out. Right. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I looked at that and I said, you know, this, it's either I'm not going to be able to do it or I, I got to figure out a way. And so, and so the number one thing that, that I kind of think about in terms of development is, is at that moment, I think I had to be very critical of myself and say, well, you know, what, what do you need to get better at? And, 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 and how fast can you do that? Cause otherwise you're not going to make this work. And, and, and in that instance, I just thought, you know, I have to be able to communicate and, and moreover collaborate with all these people because there's, mm -hmm. There's so many cooks in the kitchen. These these stone reps are getting, you know, resumed for the first time. Everybody's ha has different goals, and uh, you know, it was it was one of the hardest experiences making that shift, and it was it was it was scary because I was afraid I was going to fail. But yeah. you know, it, it it just turned into a great opportunity to focus on something like collaboration that that I think helped me tremendously down the road. No, I love that. I, I love that example. And, you know, I think that kind of, you know, springboarding off that comment, mm -hmm. you know, that new skill that you developed on the job, on the fly, you know, mid flight uh, around collaboration, you know, you're, you're now you're, you know, that's prepared you uniquely in many ways to take, take on this new role that you just, you know, got into. And I think that that's what we find is as we develop these skills, it prepares us to operate at a higher level, no matter what we're doing. It could be the same job, but it might be something else as well. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's a great example and, and a, you know, a really great, good outcome. So, well, Rick, I'm, I'll come back to you and, and, you know, ask you, I mean, have you run up against a professional obstacle that where you determined that you were going to have to focus your development in, in or, order to reach the next level of success in your role? Yeah. Yeah, I think Resume is, has been a good example of this, as, as Matt kind of alluded to a little bit, is just the office space environment. You know, I'd spent, uh, you know, many years in, in kind of that OR sales environment. Yeah. And 
and so that just provides a you know a certain level of access. There's a sales process that is oftentimes kind of fairly streamlined and, and kind of standardized. And so moving into the office, you know, I, I just quickly learned that okay, I had to really rethink, really you know, how I had been doing things in the past. Um, you know, in, in the OR, I felt like at times it was kind of like, hey, if if I just had a, a fancier widget. Yep. Um, or a product that was a little bit better or a little bit easier to use or a little bit cheaper, whatever it is, you, you know, that's kind of the platform that you were selling from. And in the office space, you know, I just realized that, you know, that oftentimes wasn't enough. Yeah. And there was really a, a level of, of trust that came above everything else. And, you know, and it makes sense as you think about it, um, you know, you're standing next to the physician now in a procedure where the patient's wide awake. Yep. And so now, you know, how you say something, it becomes much more important than what you say. And, and so there's, there, it, it just was a very different dynamic. Um, and, you know, you really had to fit in within their practice, you know, and so there's kind of a, an awareness standpoint yeah. you know you're interacting with their patients and so if you know if you maybe rub the patient the wrong way that could lead to a negative review you you know you're looked at as kind of an extension of that practice oftentimes you know they may think you're a nurse or something they don't even necessarily know your role um and and so they're really putting a, you know a, a huge amount of, of trust in you in that setting that, you know, I don't want to say that that is not there in the operating room environment, but it is, you know, when the patient is asleep and different things, it's a little bit different. If they have confidence in, in your device or your technology, you know, there's, you know, some of those soft skills maybe don't quite rise to the top. Like I think that they do in the office environment. Um, yeah. And so even, you know, just having their staff like you, I mean, if, if you can't work with them and, and, and spend the day there and, and make sure that things, you know, go efficiently and you get along with the staff and everything else. It's, it's now all of a sudden you just kind of become a hindrance and, and they'll write your product off just, you know, for the simple fact of like you, you just don't fit in within, within the office or within, you know, what I need, yeah. you know, in my clinic. Um, and it also forced me to, you know, from a reimbursement standpoint, you know, those were things that you kind of take for granted. There was all these things that kind of went on in the background as you kind of found a, a champion from a clinical standpoint, you know, the hospital would a lot of times run the analytics and, Hey, financially, does this make sense? And, and, you know, there's kind of predetermined, you know, reimbursement yep. protocols and someone's kind of handling that in the background and, and you really don't see it. And so that was another area where it was like, okay, I have to be, Become really the expert in reimbursement. I have to talk to their billers and coders. Yeah. I have to talk to their CFO and really make a compelling argument why this is financially viable and and how this makes sense. You know, I need to talk to their operations manager and demonstrate, you know, you know why implementing an in-office procedure is you know is good for the practice from a, an operational and a workflow standpoint. And so there was just like all these other nuances that now almost took center stage that kind of like were above like, Hey, is your product good or better, or easier to use? Yeah. 
Um, and so really just trying to dive into that and, you know, and just develop those skills and, and just really try to become an expert in all those different areas or understand, you know, how to sell to the different stakeholders and, and how that, that pitch, you know, is slightly different than what it is, you know, selling to the doctor per se. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, um, yeah, let me, let me jump, bring Ashley and, and Matt maybe back into the conversation here. I mean, what are, what tips do you have to help yourself focus on development? Like who have you involved in that process of creating a development plan and working on it throughout the year, Ashley? Yeah. So I think it's extremely important to let people know where you want to go and, and help have them help you with your development. So I typically tend to loop in people in the direction that I see myself. So whether, again, that goes back to maybe you want to get into marketing one day. So, you know, making it a point to network and connect with people in that side of the business or back to the sales training. I think for individuals, like we need to think about what it is that we actually want to get out of our career and our journey at Boston Scientific and ultimately create like a navigation mm-hmm. path. Um, I'm really big on mentorship. So I really believe in, in seeking mentors um, and ultimately having them, you know, kind of help you better carve out yeah. your path. Um, so I think, again, it, it really is about being deliberate. And I, I personally feel it's best to incorporate several different people because ultimately the more people that know where you want to go, um, the more people that are going to be invested in helping you get there. And development's all about opportunities and helping to make us better by giving us opportunities that we may not have had yeah. otherwise. So I'm just really big on kind of connecting with, with everybody and anybody. But I will say, you know, you, you need to be respectful of people's time. So if you put a call on with someone to talk about development, you know, be prepared, right? So having some questions that you want to ask or having them work on some different objectives with you or, or, you know, stretch assignments rather than just kind of putting on a call to say, Hey, how are you? This is what I want to do. Yeah. What can you do for me? Yeah. Right. So we, we definitely yeah. need to be respectful. And it, it, it's such a good too. point, Ashley. I mean, the, the thing with development that, you know, I look back and I'm like, what did I learn the most? And it's that like, you know, as much as your manager is going to help you or you think other people are going to help you, it's, it's really up to you to own it. So, so like, like you said, when you go on those calls with people, you know, it, you'll get out of it what you put into it. Um, and, and I've, you know, I definitely see it looking back um, to just, to just jump on that point even more. I mean, one of the biggest things that I learned and, and I'm getting even a, a different look at it now because I'm part of this IDP process where I'm, where I'm connecting with other people and talking about their goals but one, one mistake that I made a ton, and I'm saying that, you know, others have done it as well, is we typically, you know, we think of a goal and first and foremost, we're just, we're just not really specific about it. It's, it's too, mm-hmm. it's too broad, but moreover, a lot of us, I think we say, you know, I want to get better at this. And then once we have the goal, we then reach out to a director or a regional manager and then get advice afterwards. But what I've learned that that's helped us a ton is, is actually have those conversations beforehand, you know, and if it, let's just say, for instance, you're an associate, you want to be a territory manager. I, I think 
you know, meet with the, meet with everybody beforehand and say, Hey, this is what I want to do. You know, what's, what's most important. What, what do I need to focus on and then make that your goal and work towards it. Um, I, I, I just feel that it, it saves a lot of time and it really directs you because what, what happens and I'm so guilty of this is I make a goal. It's not specific enough and there's not a clear plan to achieve it. So it just falls through. So, so yeah. that, that initial work early on, you know, it, it, it shows everybody how much thought you're putting into it, but it, it really simplifies it too. And, and you're not wasting yep. time working on something that, that, that may not help in the long run, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I think, you know, they've, I think if you talk with people in this field of development, they'll say that, you know, most of what your development plan is, 70% of it should be done on the job in your current role, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, to your point, you can have a goal that's, that's, it's in the right direction, but it's just too specific. And I think that ultimately we need to break that goal down into some actionable things that we can plug into our calendar on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's, Hey, I'm going to call the top three reps for, you know, that have this reimbursement talk track or skill set down or put on a call with my heat, the HEMA team so that I can navigate some of these things more, or it might be calling a TM that's got a really good talk track against, the button or, you know, it could be Eurolift or whatever, you know, but it's having the ability to take that general goal and break it into something specific enough that you can like plug it into your calendar and do something with it in the middle of your, your day. I think that's, that's, that's a winning recipe for sure. And then clearly there are opportunities when we have to carve out time as well, mm-hmm. just, you know, on a Friday or a, at the end of a day or whatever, where we're going to work on something you know, that, that may not be something we can do on the road. So, yeah. but those are great tips. I like both of those. So, and, and to your point too, I mean, I mean, the other part of that too, is like you said, you know, when you create those little goals, you can start measuring it. And I think it, I think it just feels so rewarding, you know, being, being in sales, we're in silos. And when we have little wins, you know, we, well, it, it's just us, you know, we're by ourselves, but, but when we can track the, the little wins in terms of growing, um, it, it, yeah. it just makes it so much more rewarding um, in a world where we don't we don't get to see coworkers regularly. Yeah, yeah, that's a I love that or insight. Well, you know, Rick, I mean, I'm curious. We've talked about I think Ashley brought this up earlier, but you know, in in talking about stretch assignments, what what stretch assignments have you taken on that have provided you a platform for your development? I mean. Did you find any, any new interests as you did that or new maybe strengths through that process? Yeah, there's been, you know, a, a few that have been pretty impactful and kind of eye-opening, um, you know, a lot with the crew on this call here um, in terms of like the Salesforce advisory board mm-hmm. and kind of doing some pilots for like Salesforce inbox and different things. And so you know, these were all great opportunities and just kind of learning lessons um, that, you know, just, just pushed me, I guess, kind of forced the development in areas um, where I I wasn't really strong. And I think the other thing that it did that has really helped from just a a development standpoint is right as, as, as sales reps, I think we're often like kind of that mentality of just kind of put my head down, do what I need to do. Yeah. Um, And, 
And so as a result, you know, and, and this is at least how I've been a lot of, you know, throughout my career is you kind of, you kind of link up with, you know, some people you went to sales training with, or some people on your region that you kind of have similar interests or personalities are, you know, a match and you're kind of buds and you kind of, you kind of have this like small circle of influence, if you will, of, of kind of people that you talk to within the company. Um, and what I've learned from some of these assignments is just like, there is a wealth of knowledge and experience and, and, and it has just been hugely impactful from, you know, even just a, you know, a career development of, you know, with resume kind of going after, you know, medically managed patients, you know, of like, you know, there's, there's reps out there that then people within the organization that sold BPH meds for years. Yeah. And so being able to just kind of tap into that insight of, you know, how they did that and, and the down and the downsides from, you know, kind of straight from their mouth and the pitfalls of medical management, you know, then now just kind of strengthen my ability to kind of go in and, and have those conversations with physicians or, yeah you know, to dive into the technology stuff and, uh, and just working with Megan and Tom on, uh, you know, like the, the marketing aspect of it and, and just getting an inside look. I think sometimes as reps, you get kind of frustrated, like I want this or I want that. And I wanted it yesterday. I'm just understanding, you know, how involved <laughs> like a lot of those processes are and how much time it takes to go from kind of creation to approval um, and just being able to be a part of that, um, and, and just kind of hear all the different insights and, and angles on that, um, has just been really eye opening. Um, yeah. and not only that, it's just created a lot of collaborations with people that I normally probably wouldn't have talked to on a regular basis. And I think it's just a, it's just made me better in, in my current job because yeah. I'm just more knowledgeable about kind of the, the different functions. Well, I, you know, I've had this conversation a couple times with other people and that's a, that same sentiment come has come up multiple times now, which is the stretch assignments have definitely helped me grow and, and you know, gain an appreciation and maybe a new skill in a new area, but they've also helped me get out of my bubble that I work in on a day-to-day -day basis. And maybe that's just my region or just, you know, that, that small network of people that you're really close with it's actually tied them with other people from across the country that they might not be working with or other functions within the organization so yeah i think that's what that's you know there's a lot of value in taking on those kinds of assignments for sure so um you know so ashley how do you how do you solicit feedback from others so that you know you know how you're perceived from a strength standpoint maybe even gaps and then how have you used this feedback and incorporated it into your individual development plan? Yeah, so I actually love feedback, the, the word feedback, right? Because it's, it's a strength and a weakness of mine um, personally. So I, I like to say that I seek feedback quite frequently. I see the value in asking, you know, your managers, what am I doing well? What can I be improving on? those that work beside you. And then I've um, had the ability to work closely with an FSA who, you know, quite often I would ask, Hey, what, what can I be doing better for you? What is it you like? What is it you don't like? And, you know, feedback is a gift. 
Um, but as much as I appreciate feedback and I see the value in it, I've had a challenging time providing feedback mm-hmm. to other people. And so that's something that I've really incorporated into, you know, my IDP and just a personal goal of mine, because I think ultimately stepping into leadership roles as, you know, that's kind of the direction I want to head with this organization. It, you have to get comfortable giving feedback and you're almost doing a disservice to others by not giving feedback, because I think we all need to know our strengths and our weaknesses. And that's ultimately how we start to close some of those development yeah. gaps. So yeah, you know, feedback, it's something that I just kind of come out and ask yeah. for it. And, and I do it quite frequently. Well, that's good. I mean, I think, you know, you mentioned two things. Oftentimes we find out, you know, what people perceive as our strengths and we can leverage those strengths to be even more effective, right. Or have a bigger impact on the organization. And sometimes there's, there's gaps, things that we, you know, we're so focused on the conversation we're, we're missing, you know, some of the reactions that customers might have that other people might be able to see and go, Hey, you know what, this was okay, but you'd be even better if you could approach the conversation this way or with this data or with this inform or, you know, with this tool or whatever. So I think that, you know, both of those are great things to, to, I guess, keep in mind is that, you know, there's that feedback works for you from a a strengths and a gap standpoint. And, you know, the, the ability to give fair feedback and, and honest feedback to other people in a way that's constructive is so important. I mean, we know what it feels like to, to get feedback as well. And I think our ability to, we, if we can do that on our teams and with people we work with, we just, you know, make everyone better for it. So, Absolutely. well, hey, Matt, why don't we close out this conversation, you know, with, with this? I mean, what do you know now about development that you wish you would have known maybe earlier in your career? Like, what would you do differently? Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier and it's, it's, it, it might be a stark way of looking at it, but it's it's kind of a, I guess it's kind of a realist view. Um, but, but the biggest thing is, is you, you can't you can't wait on someone else to help yourself. Um, I mean, I have worked w- with some of the best managers in this company, and they're and they're my my good friends. But you know, they have a whole team to manage. They have a whole number to manage, and, and so many things happening at once. And and the biggest thing that I wish I, I would have done even more is, is just, is just be proactive to, to own my own development. Um, you know, another thing that I realize now is as I'm transitioning into this value role is, you know, as a rep, you always, you always think that, you know, someone else has already thought about this, that this program, oh, it's all, it's, you know, it's already been talked about, but what you find out is that, you know, everybody's thinking the same thing. They're like, oh, someone else is going to figure it out or say something. But <laughs> yeah, the fact is, is, is that's not as happening as much as you think. And, uh, you know, for me, what I've, what I started to realize, you know, not too long ago is that if you have an idea or you think there's an opportunity, um, run with it, run with it. And, and by nursing that opportunity, that little project, you're going to develop. And, and even more so, you know, if it, if it takes off, People are going to notice it and people are going to talk about it. Um, and, and that's, that's a quick way to, 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 I think get some benefits out of it, but, but, you know, just, just in summary, it's, it's completely up to you to, 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 to monitor, track your development and, and be hard on you, on yourself. You, 
you have to be, <laughs> yeah. you have to be hard on yourself. And like Ashley said, you know, um, you know, it, you know, me sometimes I, I love getting feedback, but sometimes the feedback's hard, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff you don't want to hear, but, but it, it, yeah. you, you grow so much from it. And, and what, you know, once it pays off, you're thankful for it. So, so when you make a plan and you want to develop on something, it doesn't end there. You constantly have to go back to it, be hard on it. Um, congratulate yourself when you accomplish something and, and, and soak in the victory, but, but, but it, it's, it's completely up to you. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Those, that's very true. You know, the, the one thing I'd add on there is that when you can take whatever that goal is that you have, I mean, th- I think this, the sweet spot in development is when you can align a development opportunity. So, so something that you're focused on along with an organizational priority. So where, you know, whatever that is for BPH this year at this time, and that could be a specific program, leveraging a specific program. It could be, you know, um, it could be some of the different organizational like Bureau PH divisional priorities around new tools that we're using or just a new way of selling. Like maybe it's collaboration, maybe it's value. I don't know, but, if when you can align your development goals along with the direction of an organizational priority like that, like that is a winning opportunity for, for us from a development standpoint, because we mm-hmm. are focused where the direct, where the organization's headed and where they see the biggest impact. So, you know, what you're talking about, when you see a need, definitely take advantage of that and don't sit back and wait for someone else to do it. I think that that's a great opportunity. And ultimately that's the way that, that, that we can be a leader in the current role that we're in. So, well, Hey, I want to uh, thank the three of you for, for joining. And I think that it, you know, you know this conversation's hopefully provided um, some ideas, some, uh, you know, some sparks on ways that we can implement, you know, it, it, that we can implement into our own individual development plans. Thanks a lot for joining. Thank us. you, Aaron. Thanks everybody. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Bye-bye. Thanks team.